Yeah, you know, I think martial arts is kind of a great leveler of people, you know, like, uh, you know, inclusivity, inclusion is a big word these days. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's tossed around as kind of a buzzword, but uh, in martial arts, it's always been inclusive. Um, you know, so I'm proud of that. You know, I'm proud that we run a business that includes all people. Uh, because when you step on the mats, uh, you know, if tall, small, you know, large, <laughs> small, whatever, whatever your body type is, uh, whatever your ethnic background is, it's a leveler on the mats. And, and so, um, you know, there's there's not really somebody that's like a, a star that sticks out or you know this person has more confidence than that person um, everybody can be equal on the mats and so I think um, their ego as like as a teenager growing up you know as a 15 year old athlete um, you know I was good at sports I was a straight-a student in school like life is pretty good um, but when you step on the mats, all that disappears, you know? And so when you think about like fighting or, you know, going against another person or, you know, can I stand up against a bully? Um, you know, those things really, you don't really think about those things when you're training on the mats. Um, you know, it really becomes an art form. It becomes a peaceful practice. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, the warrior in the garden that everybody keeps talking about. It's better to be a warrior in the, you know, a gardener, uh, you know, whatever that saying is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, with martial arts, uh, that, that ego is something that you think is prevalent. You think it's going to be an issue. You think, oh, that, that guy's a black belt. Like he's probably got like some attitude or a little chip on his shoulder or something like that. But actually those people that train in martial arts are some of the nicest, gentlest, uh, most peaceful, peaceful people. So it's... Why? Why? How does that come about? Because you think yeah. people who are stronger, they're tougher, they're able to win the fight. You think that these people are going to be the ones who go out looking for the fight, prove that they're the yeah. toughest on the yard. Where does the self-development come in, not just in your body, your physical strength, your relationship with movements, but with your, your mind and kind of developing that calmness? Because people who do train um, in almost any type of uh, martial arts skill, boxing, uh, karate, whatever it is, they're often the most centered. They're the most yeah. calm in stressful circumstances. Where do you think that comes from and how do you try and elicit that from your students? Yeah, you know, I think parents are starting to realize this too. It's starting to become more normal and accepted. Um, like you talked about rough and tumble, you know, like kids need to be rough. They, they need to tumble with each other. They need to wrestle with another person. They need to get their hands on and get messy. And that's why I think, you know, COVID has been really difficult on a lot of people because they've had that disconnection. In martial arts, we always have connection. You know, we're always hands-on with somebody. You know, we're doing self-defense, we're punching towards and we're kicking towards and we're blocking, you know, like we're grabbing on, we're taking them down and throwing them on the ground. And we call that fun, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, kids these days, uh, it, it's hard for them because, uh, you know, that's not allowed in a lot of places. And for good reason, you know, like school, you can't have all these kids fighting it out and wrestling, you know, they would never learn anything. Uh, but also at the same time, um, you know, it's kind of almost been stigmatized that, uh, you know, like fighting or wrestling or put kids putting their hands on each other is like a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. You know, like if we think about our immune system and being healthy, um, you know, trading those germs with other people, you know, it's, I obviously don't want to be all over somebody, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a good thing for your health. It's a good thing for your body. But I think and more importantly, it's a good thing for your mind. And so, 
we see these uh, kids and I had a parent yesterday come in just like, oh, my kid's really rough. Like he's super high energy, you know, like I don't know if this is going to be a good thing for him or not. And uh, tried out class last night for the first time and mom's blown away. You know, she's just super excited, you know. So she went from somebody that was super nervous about, you know, she's going to arm her child with all these skills and, you know, he's going to go and take it out on other people to really seeing in action. It's like, wow, no, this can have a really big impact on my child. And yeah, it, it, we see it time and time again. So it's one of those things that uh, it's a pleasure for me to see because uh, other people kind of see from the outside and they kind of get worried about, uh, you know, somebody learning these skills and misusing them. But it's, it's the opposite. People don't even, don't misuse it. So. Right. Is there like a respect that's developed or talked about in the classroom that helps people understand their role in society differently? Um I know that we always bow in karate before we'd do anything. Um, like, what are the kind of the techniques that are used to kind of instill not only your understanding of your body, but this kind of greater respect for the space that you're in, uh, your, your teachers, your educators? Um, like, where does that come from in, in the experience of going through a class? Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's different ways that different martial arts do that. Um, you know, I think all martial arts teach life skills. We have a, a dedicated life skills program. You know, we have a psychologist and counselor on our, our board that uh, develops a life skills program. So we have uh, weekly and monthly printouts that are discussed in class. So uh, we used to leave it up to, you know, kind of free for all, like, what am I feeling about talk about today, you know, and just kind of go from there. And, you know, there's always a positive topic to talk about. But now we're very intentional about it. Um, you know, this week we're talking about respect. This next week we're talking about discipline, you know, all these different topics throughout the year that uh, are discussed in class. And one of the interesting things that happens on the mats and, you know, a lot of kids, they're just super high energy. They're just like, they're just like ready to go. Like you can see they're like, they're shaking, like, just like, just so excited. They want to move. Like they don't want to listen to this guy. Like they want to get up and get moving. And so we really try and channel that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting at the start of class, we do a quick, quick talk, like one minute or less, because the kids are just, they're ready to go, you know? So the longer we talk, it's like, oh, I'm going to sleep. This is boring. <laughs> uh, come on, guy, get going here. Um, but what we see is after kids are physical, after all people are physical, uh, you know, say 20 minutes into class, we're working hard, we're getting a sweat going. And when we talk about those life skills, they actually hear it. They actually listen. And it's because their mind is open. So, you know, you've had a bad day. Adults come into the gym and they've had a bad day. You know, work went south today and you get sweat going. And then all of a sudden we're talking to an adult, a grown adult about respect. They hear that message too. You know, they want to hear that message. Uh, they want to be filled with that positive spirit, that positive energy. And a lot of times it's able to instill when we're being physical. So if you sit through an hour lecture, eventually you're going to, uh, you're going to start nodding off a little bit and like, you know, you're going to take a deep breath because it's a little hard to sit there all the time. Um, but when people are physical, they actually are able to hear that message. And so it's interesting with kids, um, they go home and they say, mom, I learned about respect today. And mom's just like, I just talked to you yesterday about this. <laughs> You know, you didn't listen to me yesterday. I said the exact same thing, but all of a sudden you heard that from your instructor. And so it's it's a respect thing. Um, you know, martial arts has traditionally been like a disciplinarian sport. You know, so we talk that people say discipline all the time. And like, I want to give my kid discipline. You know, I, I want my kid to be a disciplined person. It's a great thought. Um, but I've tried to change people's thought process to self-discipline, uh, self-respect. You know, just a, it's a different word shift, but it's a, it's a really big shift. And discipline for me, it comes back to, I'm telling you what to do. 
go be a good person. Do this. I told you to do it. Go do it now. You know, like it's kind of mili uh, militant a little bit and, and it has its roles. You know, it's a good thing. I was listening to Scott she uh, Sheffield the other day. It's interesting to hear, you know, how that milit mil uh, the military can create that discipline. But uh, a stronger form of discipline is self-discipline when you create it yourself. And I think one of the ways we create that is our instructors uh, always, uh, it's mutual respect with the kids, with the students. So it doesn't matter if the kid's four years old or, or if the student 60 years old. Uh, they're treated with mutual respect. And so by our example of, of you know, uh, talking to this person with respect, you know, saying yes, sir, to them. Thank you, ma'am, to them. Uh, you know, they could do it back to us. Or we could say, you know, bow to me. You know, this is martial arts, you know, bow down, <laughs> you know, like say, thank you, sir. You know, do as you're told. It's uh, kind of the way it used to be. You know, we're we're giving people respect, and in turn, they give us uh, that respect back. And I, I would say even more, they would give it back to us. So it, it's an interesting environment for sure. That is because I think that that's where the challenge comes in when you're the parent and you've had a long day is that you're not having the conversation with your kid of why respect matters and why the word and like the approach matters and how if you do respect other people, doors open for you. Yeah. And I like the idea of like playing, um, not just playing the one game, but playing like the meta game of like, you want to be invited back to play the games. And I think Jordan Peterson does a good job of kind of breaking that down for people that we get like often young people get caught up in. I want to win this game, this soccer game, this uh, battle against a person, this chess game, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that the part that, is important to understand is you want to be the person who gets invited back to play the games in the future. Yeah. And if you build mutual respect, if you work to be in a way that's uh, reciprocal with others, that opens more doors because then people actually want you around. They, they have confidence in you that you're going to play fairly and reliably. And I think that at the end of the day, you just want your kid to be respectful when you're in the grocery store. So you yell it at them. <laughs> and then that doesn't resonate with them because they go, you're not respecting me in how you're talking to me right now. So yeah. why would I follow that? And I think that having role models like yourself who help develop these skills and give it in a different way resonates more. And I'm just interested to know more about that kind of approach. How do you work with this um, counselor, you said, yeah. um, who's able to like break these things down and almost deliver it in a way that's like a conversation rather than a direction yeah. for students? Yeah, yeah. The counselor on our board, he, he's a board member, his name's Scott Williams. Great guy. Uh, you know, he's really transformed the thought process and the martial arts. We, we, we always talk about martial arts as mind, body, you know, it's uh, mental and it's physical. Um, but we've really tried to focus on that mental side of things. You know, obviously mental health is important. We're talking about it lots these days and it's out in the community. And so we really put a big focus on it. It's, uh, it is conversational. It's, and again, it's not directive in the sense. Directive almost again sounds like that discipline. You know, you're being told what to do. You know, you, you, should, be a, you should be a good person because I tell you to be a good person. Well, no, I'm going to show you to be a good person. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to show my example and hopefully I can do my best. You know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. My, my staff's not perfect, but they do do their best. And that example is passed on to that next generation. And then it goes on from there. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was thinking about the word uh, like failure, like, like you said, like playing the meta game, like, you know, not, not just here for one win. I'm here for, you know, I'm here for the long run. Um, as a, as a martial artist and as a person that knows the process, you know, I've been doing martial arts for 20 years. 
I see the long game in people, you know, I, I don't see like, oh, this kid's not perfect here today. This person's not perfect. Like something's going on. You know, why is this person acting out? Uh, you know, why, why aren't they paying attention right now? I'm not worried about that short term. I'm worried about that long term because I know the people that go long term, the people that stay, that train for three, four, five, ten years, whatever it is, those people are going to be good people. You know, like they, it just, it just happens. And so... Uh, one of the like we have a notice like in the parents area where where people can watch and it and it says essentially says for parents yeah, please be quiet <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know a lot of parents want to kind of be on the sidelines like hey Johnny pay attention you know hey hey look at the instructor you know and it's like no let let your kid fail right now don't say anything let them fail let us handle that let us as instructors and martial artists and black belts take care of that process if he fails today good good. You know, he'll come back next day, we'll, we'll try again, we'll work on it again. And, and so failure is a big part of being in martial arts. I think about how many punches have I thrown in 20 years. It's probably tens of thousands. Like, it's just ridiculous when I think about how, you know, how many techniques I've practiced in repetition over the years. How many times have I failed? Probably tens of thousands. Like, it, it's, it's, we're, we're, we want to be successful and I get that, you know, like it's uh, everybody wants to win. I'm, I'm a very competitive person. I, I want to win as best as I can. But uh, the older I get and uh, the more I train, the, re the more I realize that failure is so important. You know, it's so it's almost more important than success. Where do you think that that comes from within the parent? Because it's almost interesting to think about like they're they're almost like ashamed or afraid that their child is a reflection of who they are yeah. and so if their child doesn't do well or they're not paying attention then you're going to look at them and yeah. judge the parents for that how do you go about that and where do you see that in the parents because it almost seems like they lack a little bit of confidence in themselves is like i am a good parent if my child's struggling they're struggling and yeah. they're, that's life and people are going to show up some days on the ball and doing things properly and the next day maybe they didn't get a good sleep maybe they didn't they had a bunch of cheerios or snacks beforehand and they're not focused the way they should be and just letting that be okay so like we hear a lot in yoga that kind of like calmness and that uh like being okay with that moment. Yeah. And so what do you see when that parent kind of tries to step in, tries to leap in as like a, a helicopter type parent? Yeah, it, it does come from a place of lack, you know, like the, the parent is making up for something that, uh, you know, they wish they had done before, um, you know, and, and I don't judge people, you know, like it, there's so much going on in our lives. We're so busy. We, you know, it's, uh, we work a nine to five, we get home, rush out the door, get our kids to our activities, you know, get, get home, get dinner going, you know, get the homework done, go bed like our life is busy so i don't judge people but i i do see uh you know the parents that are just a little bit too much you know they want like johnny come on you can do it pay attention more come on you look at the instructor like it's just too much from the sidelines um yeah they're, they're kind of making up for lost time a little bit they they kind of sense in the moment oh like all these other kids are doing well but my one child is maybe not doing well in this moment that's okay you know like and so that's why i try and always tell, tell talk to parents about patience like our program yeah you know you can come here for six months and you're going to get some benefits you know something's going to happen it will be a positive experience for you but if you stay for a year and a half two years five years the experience is going to become tenfold you know like uh, the people that are that stay long term 
those people are so dedicated. Those families are so dedicated to our program. And I feel very blessed. I'm uh, like, you know, they, <laughs> they send me messages and like, oh, we're so thankful for your program. You know, we were closed over the Christmas break for two weeks. We can't wait, to, can't wait to get back going again. And it's, they know that they know the experience. They know that something positive is happening and they don't want to stop that positivity. So it's typically people in like the first couple of weeks, first month, first six months where the parents are maybe a little bit nervous about how their child should should be doing you know why is that person so successful and my kids you know struggling a little bit don't worry you know like if you're just a little more patient just just wait to trust the process good things are coming for your, your your child and your family so right i'm interested to know just to wrap this part of the discipline and kind of self-development is that like where else are people learning these skills where where else is this being promoted? Because it seems like, for the most part, our education system is overwhelmed and teachers are turning out children as best they can. Yeah. But I don't remember being taught about respect and responsibility. It was, again, kind of in that finger-waggy way. Like, I, re- I went to Central Elementary and they had, like, a shark motto of, like, respect, helpfulness, um, and this kind of motto. But yeah. it didn't resonate and it didn't give me an understanding of why. Like you can say like to be a good person, but to break that down for people and to explain like, again, you're going to be invited back. People are going to want to be around you. They're going to trust you. They're going to want to open doors for you. They're going to want to help in your development if you display these characteristics. So from your perspective, as someone who sits down, tries to develop a a plan on how to deliver this information, where else do you feel like people are getting this type of information? Because from my perspective, as someone who's watched this rights movement increase, I haven't seen the same movement of responsibility increase because anybody who understands how like the constitution developed, it was the belief that you get these rights because you have these responsibilities Mm -hmm. and you're endowed with them because of who you are as an individual and you're the cornerstone of the state. And so we give you all of these rights and freedoms, but you have responsibilities with those. That's something I haven't heard as much about, but it it dovetails to what you're talking about of this self-development. And so I'm interested to know where you think other people are getting this type of information from. And if it's lacking, how do we, how do we start to fix this? I think it is lacking and I think it's a big problem. Um, you know, I was thinking on the way over here, I was thinking about confidence and how that plays into what we do. But the other word I was thinking about, or other words, was self-responsibility. Self-responsibility is a cornerstone of martial arts. If you're not responsible for yourself, if you don't uh, put that effort upon yourself, you will fail and you and you won't, you'll quit. You know, like, you, not that you fail, fail is good, failing is good, but, uh, you know, quitting is a, is a different thing. And it's always kind of, uh, we're passing the blame to other people. You know, like, oh, the teacher at school isn't doing a good enough job for my child. Oh, the parent isn't doing this. Oh, you know, uh, the prime minister isn't doing this. You know, like we're always passing blame on to some other figures. How about yourself? You know, what did you do today? Um, and so we're, we're, we're really drilling that into the students. Like I was telling a parent last night, you know, our environment is, uh, you know, a lot of kids that maybe don't do well in team sports really do well in martial arts because it is an individual sport. It's also a team environment, though, too. So I think it balances out both. Um, but at, I said to the parent at the end of the day, the, the success of, of your child here, it does come back to them. 
we're going to help them and we're going to work hard for them. We're going to be beside them. We're going to do as best we can to, to get them there. But it's, it's going to be them that carries that forward. And so you see a black belt. A black belt is a, a prime example of a person with self-responsibility. And so how many people are black belts? Well, less than 1% make it there. You know, it, it's, it's, we, we, I think we have a great system. We really try our best and really have a, a system set up for success. But still only 1% gets there. And that's just a, a, an international average. Uh, you know, the black belts that exist out in the world, they're few and far between. But it's those uh, self-responsibility is really the key ingredient. I remember I, uh, ha- I applied for a job, uh, I think I was 18 or so, and I was nervous. I went into the, into the uh, interview and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, how's this going to go? I'm not really experienced at this. And uh, he's, he's like, you know, you know what, what do you do for fun? You know, what, do you, uh, what keeps you busy? And I said, well, I do martial arts and I'm a black belt. And he said, you're hired. (laughs) Interview over. You know, I was like, (laughs) that was easy. Uh, But he knew that the life skills that had been instilled in me as a black belt would translate into me being successful and me being a good worker, you know, and it would help his company. And so it was kind of a light bulb moment for me how important a black belt is uh, in the community, how how important it is at the individual level. Yeah, I don't I don't see it in many places. I think a lot of people are trying, you know, I think a lot of people see that, you know, that something's wrong, you know, society's going off on a, a different tangent, they don't really know how to fix it. Um, but I think we're primed in martial arts to really be a part of that change because the physical and mental component combined together in that moment are so powerful. Um, you know, a, a child can sit at their desk at school for six hours and the teacher can be talking about all these things and really trying to lift up the community and lift up that child. But that child might be, be buzzing. You know, they're just sitting there. just like, when can I get out of this place? Like, this desk is not conducive for me. And it's no fault of the teacher. It, it's, I think uh, we're just, and I think I think the education system is realizing that. There's more uh, outdoor classes. There's more. Okay, this chat instead of this sending this child to the uh, principal's office to to you know give him crap. How about sending that child for a lap around the school? Go for a run, get outside, and go for one lap. Get back to your classroom. That child's going to do better. So I think people are realizing that and that combination. And so for us as martial artists, I think we see success in that in a regular basis. Because, yeah, we're being physical. And then at, this, at that moment, we talk about, hey, you know, maybe you should respect your parents. Maybe you should respect the people in your community. Maybe you should pick up some trash uh, that's outside on the ground. And it's not that it's nobody else has said it. It's just being physical, they're sweating. And then all of a sudden, light bulb, we got them. And uh, I'm not taking that as a claim, like we're the best and we're the only ones that are possible to do this, but I do see it. And uh, yeah, I hope more people and more organizations kind of take that upon themselves. Um, my boys and I started dirt biking uh, last year and uh, I, I ride ride Harley, I ride sport bikes uh, throughout my life. I love uh, love that feeling. And so, um, you know, we, we went to Popcom, uh, Popcom Motor Park and I uh, wasn't sure what to expect. They had some intro lessons and... Uh, you know, they're, they're nervous and I'm nervous, you know, just see how this goes. And, uh, you know, I'm very critical of, of coaches and, and leaders, you know, being one myself, you know, if I'm going to put my child into your program, like you better be doing a good job. Like, cause I, I can't sit on the sidelines and, <laughs> you know, see something not, not so good. And, uh, Popcom, um, 
you know, they're riding around, they're sweating, they're having a great time. And then uh, one of the coaches, uh, John, old, older guy, um, I can't remember his last name, but uh, he just comes over to them and he says, you know, you're so important in the world. He's telling this to the kids. <laughs> you're so important in the world. If you weren't here, you know, the world would be not as good of a place as when, when you are here. And I got all emotional. I was like, oh, I started, I started crying on the sidelines. And it was just a beautiful experience because my kids, they were having such a great time. They were doing so well. They were sweating. And all, all of a sudden this person said, they're so important to this world. You know, this place is a better place w- with them here. And for like a, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old to hear that, it was just like, bam, like he hit home and he hit home in the right spot in the right moment. And so for me, I, I, I was so excited and so proud and just so grateful that a program like this exists in our community. And here's people thinking, oh, it's uh, they're, they're, it's a dirt bike. You know, they're a bunch of yahoos, uh, you know, ripping around and burning gas and, you know, but no, it was so spiritual and so beautiful. It, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, I think that that can lack in certain, like I think of like soccer and basketball, but it's not always that you're ending that class off or you're trying to make sure that they take away something for their personal development or for their personal self-worth. Often we can focus too much on the skills and the techniques that we can forget about the value of just recognizing a person. And I think that that's so important. Can you tell us about your kind of journey into starting this gym? What happened before that? You said you took a job um, and somebody hired you because of your black belt experience. What was that kind of journey to get to here today where you have your own gym? Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager, I I started teaching pretty, pretty uh, right away. Uh, I started when I was 15 doing martial arts and I was a helper and leader and I got involved very, very early. So even as a low color belt, I I wanted to be involved and help out. And I saw people running their business and I saw like, oh, wow, this is something I could, I could do as a career. You know, I was a smart guy in school, but uh, I I just hated being the desk. You know, I just couldn't do it. You know, I was so physical. I I wanted to be active and, um, but I also wanted to, you know, be successful. I wanted to have money in the bank account. And the only thing at the time was, oh, martial artists are poor. You know, they're not successful. They're always working three jobs just to get it by. And and I was a little bit worried about that. I, I you know, I, I didn't want to, uh, I knew I didn't have that type of energy just to, uh, you know, work in all these different things. And other people do it and they do a great job of it. But I, I just knew I wasn't one of those people. So I took some other jobs and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll go down a different path. And, you know, hopefully that leads me to some level of success. And, uh, at some point along the way, I, that itch got back and, you know, I, I want to be physical again and, uh, you know, I'm not happy. I'm sitting on a desk, I'm sitting on a phone or, you know, I'm just uh, not doing what I want to do. And, uh, so I got back into the martial arts and got back into teaching and, uh, yeah, I, I, I started identifying places where I want to do business. And, uh, I originally looked at the Okanagan and I was like, oh, I want to live there. You know, I like, I like the lake life and, uh, being on the water and, but then I, I, I started looking closer to closer to home. I grew up in Mission, um, and I saw Chilliwack, and I, I, I saw Chilliwack being underserviced. I, I, I didn't think that there was enough uh, martial arts servicing the area, and I thought there was an opportunity there. And I came here in about 2008, and I looked at the current building that we were at uh, on Vetter Road, and there was another martial art that was in there. It was called Family Fitness. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is such a great location. It's a great spot, uh, you know, and... 
yeah, oh, they, they're lucky to be here. And a year later, uh, they went out of business. Uh, they closed down and uh, the building was free and available. And I kind of jumped on it. So it was kind of just the perfect timing of events. And uh, yeah, it's meant to be. And so, yeah, we, we opened up in 2009 here in Chilliwack. And uh, so I think it's about 11, 12 years now that we've been at it. And uh, yeah, it's been a great, ex great experience. You know, we've, we've been successful here in Chilliwack. I think what we're teaching and what we're trying to pass on to our students, I think people feel that. I think they recognize that. And yeah, they promote it to their friends and their family. And uh, so uh, things have been good here in Chilliwack. I, I, I love it here, you know. So. Right. How did you go about doing this with, with your wife? Were you guys already together prior to that and you guys kind of developed this plan at the same time where where did she fit into developing this gym yeah she was a, a martial arts student as well so she uh she was a black belt as well she was training and uh yeah it's uh I was kind of uh, going this direction and uh, she was always there with me. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, I kind of threw her into, uh, you know, like we were together. We had, you know, been living together for a long time in Abbotsford. We had an apartment together um, and then we, uh, we moved out to Chilliwack and I kind of, uh, she didn't have any training in, you know, teaching or, you know, running an office or running a business. I, I didn't have those, a lot of those skills either. Uh, we kind of threw each other into it and, you know, I, I, uh, I, I I brought her along for the ride and, you know, she's not a type of person, she's not like, uh, she doesn't want to be in front of the class. She doesn't want to, uh, you know, she's just not that type of leader where she'll stand in front of a, a large group of people where for me, I'm more comfortable doing that. Uh, so a lot of skills outside of her comfort zone that she really uh, pushed through and developed. And, uh, you know, even though that wasn't her natural being, um, you know, she did it. And, and, and so people, yeah, they saw me, I'm at the front of the class and, you know, I'm leading the class that's fine but there's no way we would have been successful uh without her you know like so it was really meant to be that uh we met in martial arts you know we trained together um you know we still started the business together um you know it's not anything that we really visualized we didn't talk about like hey we should open a martial art gym together or you know like it was just kind of flying by the seat of our pants you know we're young people i think i was 24 i think she was 21 and here we're uh teaching martial arts to people that are you know twice our age you know like and so you know, we're talking about discipline and respect to people that are much older than us you know so it was kind of funny that uh we started this together and, uh, you know, uh, it could have gone a different way. We could have failed, uh, you know, but uh, I think people caught on to both of our energies. And, and so, uh, yeah, you got me up in the front, a little more exuberant, a little more outgoing. Uh, but having a person that's got that soft touch, that detailed touch, uh, that can go go to the side with somebody and, you know, care for them and show them that love and compassion, you know, it's so important. And so I think both our personalities really, really just like perfect to, to be running the business together right it kind of sounds like that that idea of the yin and yang yeah. um, and that that balancing out can you tell us like what you admire about your wife because I think that that's something that often we overlook when we're doing interviews or when we're rushing through things is that we forget about the people who helped build us up who helped open doors um, and make sure that we're taken care of because yeah. often we think of people who are like crazy successful scientists or whatever they do but they have to 
to go home to a family that's going to debrief with them, talk to them, figure out what went right, what went wrong, how can we do better tomorrow, um, share those vulnerable moments. Those are the people who kind of help you when you're being all energetic, Mm -hmm. go out into that where it's not fake, it's genuine because you do have a healthy home life and you're going into an environment and being yourself and not carrying stress or an argument or, or those types of things constantly where you're able to go, okay, now I feel better. Maybe I had a tough day at work and now I get to come home, debrief and start the next day back on the right foot. So can you tell us about how, what you saw in your wife, how that developed and perhaps how you proposed? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes I can be a little bit of a bulldozer, you know, like I, I'm so excited and I want to go in a direction and I want to just do this and do that and get her done. Like, let's go. And, you know, I forget those soft skills, you know, and, and I think, yeah, I'm trying. I try and develop myself as best I can and try and change and grow. Uh, but my wife, it's definitely that yin yang, you know, it's definitely that counterbalance. Uh, she has those soft skills. She has those person abilities. You know, everybody likes her. She's kind to everybody. Uh, you know, she treats everybody with respect. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's uh, not only the business, but in our home life, you know, it's, uh, she's kind of sees those small details. I'm kind of the, uh, a big picture guy, I think. And, uh, she's, you know, she's thinking about those small details to, you know, we had a interior designer over to our house and I'm like, I'm thinking like, Oh, dollar, dollars, 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 dollars. And, and she's like, well, you know, like if we just change this, we just change this, it's not a huge renovation, but if we just change this little bit here, it's going to brighten up the room. It's going to brighten up the environment. You know, uh, you know, she, she lights candles a little time, you know, she, uh, she buys me, uh, you know, colognes and different little scents and, you know, at the gym, you know, it's a sweaty, smelly environment, you know, she'll, she'll bring a nice scented candle in and, 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 and light it at the front desk. And so it's those little things that she takes care of that, uh, maybe, uh, not that I don't see them, but uh, I, I don't want to say I don't care about them, but uh, I'm just so thinking about other things and, and she comes in and, you know, kind of takes care of all those things. So it's, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about her on the way down and people would probably think, you know, like, what's a household of martial artists look like? <laughs> How does arguments get settled in a household of, of, of uh, black belts? And uh, yeah, she can kick my ass if she wants, you know, she's, she's tough. She's got skills and you know she's very physical too and um yeah it's funny i uh i was thinking about our proposal the other day we were talking about the other day because uh we were up, up skiing and uh i actually proposed for at mount baker on uh, new year's eve uh back in 2009 and uh <laughs> I uh, I set up this whole thing with my friends and uh, I took this jump and then I uh, purposely bailed and uh, I had this big crash and I was lying down like I was kind of knocked out like I was I was hurt and you know it's funny she's up there on the top of the hill laughing with our friends <laughs> so she's sitting up there like get up you know like, like tough it up like get up and so you know I, I'm trying to sell it so you know I just keep I stay down yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, my fr- our friends, of course, they know what's going on. So they're like, you should go check on him. Like, I think he's hurt. <laughs> and so, you know, I slowly get up and, uh, you know, take off my board and, uh, and uh, you know, had the ring in my pocket, which was terrifying. You, know, you got a couple thousand bucks in your pocket uh, on a ski hill. Like, <laughs> you drop this thing, it's gone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I proposed uh, in the snow and, uh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And, uh yeah, it really just combines, you know, my loves, you know, like, uh, 
I love her and, you know, it's a beautiful proposal. You know, I, I'm outside, you know, in the fresh air, you know, doing something I, I love to do. So it's like a, a perfect combo of, of just some awesome things. So And it sounds like she said yes. Yeah, she said yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully she keeps saying yes. So yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I think it's just so valuable because it does sound like you two balance each other out. And just thinking about like the the home development, because it's something that um, as I get older, I start to realize that some people know how to decorate, but they don't know how to make it a home. Yeah. Uh, like there's, there's something like intangible about making something a home in comparison to just a house or just a good looking house. Like you can hire people to decorate your house, to make it look a certain way, but that doesn't mean that it has that feel, that comfort, yeah. like that warmth that's like, I don't know, it's difficult to describe. And so I think that there is there is such value in that. And I do think that that's something that often gets overlooked when you're proposing like, oh, maybe we should do this renovation or that, is that like this can make it feel more comfortable, more warm, more familiar. And there's just something undefinable about what what the possibilities of that could be for the warmth in that home and the the sense of love and compassion for other people. Yeah. Moving forward a little bit more, how did you go about developing the programs? Because it seems like you guys are very busy. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys run a lot of different programs from all age groups. So can you walk us through where perhaps your focus was where when you started and then filling in those gaps along the way? Because I saw that you did like ninja training. Yeah. And I like that just, it was like, that's brilliant. Like that's <laughs> brilliant marketing. It's brilliant. It's going to resonate with kids. Yeah. Um, and you can actually teach skills through that. So where did you guys start? And then how did you develop the, the other courses that you guys put in? Where did you see other gaps that you guys could fill? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we started right away. Uh, you know, things were, were great right off the get go. Um, I had a big vision right away and uh, I, I saw a big school. I saw a big membership. And uh, so we, I started with a full schedule. You know, a lot of times people start their business small and it's like, well, we don't have any people yet. So we'll start small and kind of grow from there. But I, I had a vision of being big right away and it did happen. Um, you know, our first month we had over 100 students. Um, and so that was a really great start, our start a really get, uh, great get go. Um, and the thing about that was that we were so focused on the martial arts, like the martial arts, like there was nothing else. There was no side programs. There's no ninja training. There's no child care. Like it's just martial arts. And so we really focused on that and, and, uh, things are great. You know, things, uh, things went well. Um, you know, and then the, the next thing we kind of added in was our, our childcare program. We, we started that in 2012. So about three years into the business. And we started that solely because parents were complaining to me. They were saying, you know, like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm picking up my kid after school, after their child care and then I got to bring my kid here late at night and then we're getting home you know 7 seven thirty. you know I'm paying for child care I'm paying for this like this is a lot and I'm like oh like, yeah that is a lot you know I, I was kind of uh, just starting off as being a father at the time too so I was like wow yeah that is a lot that's a lot to handle and so we kind of added that solely because uh, yeah like these kids that maybe were having to go to child care after school and you know mom and dad were so busy they would never come into our gym they would never be able to see our gym because yeah unfortunately mom and dad had to be at work you know they had to be at work till six o'clock so we we started that and I had a small vision for that I, I thought um, like you know if we get five ten kids in that like I'm like great you know that'll be a good service you know we'll make a little extra money like that'll be great 
And yeah, that's turned into its whole thing now, you know, like, uh, you know, we, we are licensed for 46 kids. So every day after school, we have 46 kids that come to our program and they get to do martial arts every day after school. And so our, our business has really become uh, 50-50, you know, like it's sweet, it's martial arts and we also do childcare and, uh, but they both work together. And so, you know, like uh, some people ask me like, oh, can we come for childcare and not do the martial arts? And no, you can't do that. Like the martial arts is the key component here. You know, this is our life skills program. When your kid comes comes here for childcare after school, they're learning martial arts because that's what's going to make the difference in their life. You know, like, yes, I can provide a childcare service and do as best I can. But when they step on the mats and they do all those skills and they train together, that's where they're, they're going to learn their skills. So I think they both just helped each other be successful and, and you know, keeps the ball rolling. Um, you know, after that, we've started to add these little things like, you know, little ninja nights and we've had some Nerf Nerf War nights and uh, some movie nights and different things like that. We uh, Time to time we do some sleepovers at the gym. But all of these things that we do, they all center around martial arts. So even if we're doing a, a Nerf Wars night, you know, the kids are super jacked. They're going to do shoot some people with some Nerf, Nerf guns. It's so, so fun. They have a, have a blast. But half hour, 45 minutes of that, uh, say, three-hour event, they're going to be doing martial arts. Yeah. You know, that's still the, the foundation there. So, yeah. It's <laughs> that's so interesting. And I just I want you to elaborate more on what you've seen in these young people, because I imagine that the experiences are so valuable and almost difficult to put into words how that could change a young person's life. Um, and without getting too specific in examples, have you seen like someone come in one side of the spectrum, super angry, super aggressive, super um, inconsiderate, maybe trying to be chauvinistic and then move and pivot from and start to be able to develop themselves in that way? What have you seen in terms of the life skills that uh, you're providing through that program? Yeah, we've seen lots of that. It's very regular, you know, like it's, uh, you know, again, people think that's like, oh, my kids, you know, being bad at school, they're getting in trouble, they're fighting, they're doing this like that. The ne negative things that aren't, aren't good. And if they keep going that way, sure, life might not be good for them. And uh, yeah, martial arts, it kind of levels that out. I know as a 15 year old uh, teenager, even for myself, I was angry. I don't know what I was angry about, but just hormones or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'd get upset at home and tell my parents, off and you know i'd throw things against the wall and you know just like you know it's like a 15 year old throwing a temper tantrum is i don't know what was causing that but i was and i think for me martial arts leveled me out and so i see it myself like people people see this kind of calm usually collected person you know pretty patient person but uh, in my younger years i was very impatient you know and had that, that anger from wherever that was just kind of flowed through so i know it i know it works for myself but um you know, it's interesting. I saw this. I, I was thinking about this one kid and uh, East, East Indian boy he used to teach and uh, very low confidence. You know, he just came into the gym, just uh, head down all the time, never talked to me, just never said a word, just kind of floated through class. And, you know, he was improving over time. And, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like he, he could be better here. You know, like I'm, I could I could see something better in him, but uh, just things weren't working. It was just he was training and just uh, his, his confidence was staying low. And uh, I found out that he was getting bullied at school and, uh, you know, he's uh, getting pushed around. People were calling him names. They were, you know, separating him from his friends and, you know, kind of uh, make, they were making him be a loner. He didn't want to be a loner, but he, they were kind of just, you know, excluding him and and putting him in the corner all the time and, and not the school, but the other kids at the school. Um, 
And so I remember we, we talked and I said, you know, like we kind of have like a three strikeout rule. Like if, if somebody does something to you, you, you talk to a teacher, you talk to a parent, you know, you try and get other people to help out. And uh, second time, you know, you, you, uh, you talk to your parents, uh, like, you know, there's like a, you get your immediate help, the person closest to you, strike, strike one, strike two, you're recruiting others, you know, your parents, you know, your grandparents, you know, you're letting other people know that this is happening to you. And strike three is you get hands on, you get physical. And, you know, of course, that's not a message that's condoned. <laughs> you know, like it's, people are like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be teaching that. But uh, we see people, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you put a nail on the desk and, you know, if you if you just tap that nail in there a little bit, you know, you'll be able to pull that nail out. It'll, you'll be able to save that nail, no problem. But the more and more you hammer that nail into that desk there, the more and more that nail gets ingrained. And you think about a child or you think about a person, the more and more they get bullied, the more and more they get pushed around. When that nail goes fully in the desk, how easy is it to get that nail out? It's almost, it's very difficult, it's super difficult to pull that nail back to back to reality. And so you think about a child and you think about somebody that's getting bullied. Um, the more and more that happens, and, and, we, and we do live in a hands-off society where, where fighting is condoned, and, and, I'm, and we're, I'm not promoting fighting in any way, uh, but when you see, especially your own child, somebody you care about, um, I care about my students a lot, and so I, I remember seeing this boy, and this, this is not the only time this happened, it's happened lots of times, and we've dealt with a similar situation, but I was thinking about him. And uh, anyways, he's been trying his best and doing his best to be a nice person and, and try and get out of this bullying situation. It's not happening. And uh, so we had that talk and uh, probably about a week later, of course, the bully comes back and a couple, couple of boys come back and push him around and like they're getting hands on with him and push him against the wall and all these things. And <laughs> he gets some space and he steps sidekicks, you know, he, he just does a full out sidekick into this kid's gut and uh, just sends the kid flying. He he's telling me, he's like, I sent the kid flying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so he just takes this kid off his feet, just, just kicks him once and just levels the kid. And then he grabs the other kid and he threw the other kid on the ground. And uh, he changed that day. That day was so important for him. Um, it brought him back to reality. It brought him back to life. And uh, his mom's calling me and she's just so thankful. She's just, you know, like, oh, I'm so, so appreciative of our, of our program. She's so thankful of me. And, you know, she's just singing the praises and just so excited and happy that she's got her kid back and she couldn't do it herself. You know, she, uh, she needed our help. Uh, you know, he needed our help. And uh, yeah, it was just so cool. The kid comes in the next day. And he comes in. I think he. I think he didn't want me to know because, of course, we. Uh, you know, we, we try and we try and we tell kids all the time, like, don't do that. You know, like, you know, martial artists don't fight. You know, we we're patient people. We we don't get into our, ourselves into those situations. So he thought I was that I was going to be disappointed in him. And I went up to him and gave him a high five and told him I was so super proud of him. Like, great job. You know, he he handled himself well. Like he didn't he didn't beat the heck out of this kid. He just stood up for himself. And so. I was so proud of him and that's just one moment we see that all the time you know it's a it's a pleasure to see you know when people are stuck in that low confidence that low self-esteem and something happens you know of course we don't want it to be a fight or a self-defense situation like that but when something happens and they recover back to the person they should be just get back to level at least yeah. and then we can grow confidence from there it's a beautiful experience and it's a special thing to be a part of. Mm -hmm.